Brad, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Mike. How's it going? Yeah, she ran a heck of a race, did she not? Boy, she ran really well. As a matter of fact, the first two horses are going wire to wire, right? It, on turf, it was a fresh turf course. There were yeah. only two races on the Churchill turf this meet. They were last Sunday and opening day. A lot of times when the turf course is fresh, even giving like it is today ground-wise, speed can be really, really tough because it's being inside the shortest path home, but the ground is also pristine. Once the course is used a lot, that inside ground gets chewed up, and a lot of times it's not the best place to be because most horses are near the rail. And it seemed to me that the front runner was still a little ways, was out a couple of paths out from the rail anyway as he was running. He was staying off the rail completely, it looked like, you know? She, uh, they might, riders don't like to commit themselves to the rail because it takes away options. But to me, it's the, it's the first couple of paths. When I say inside, I'm really referring to the, 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 the first couple of paths because uh, most horses don't keep a perfectly straight course right against the rail. All right, we're gonna do, we did all the things on the app last night, on the Mike's On app with Brad. Uh, I'm just going to touch on two things today, and then we'll get to tomorrow. First thing today is the eighth race, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, uh, and the idea of 40 under, which is Bill Parcells' horse, who we both think has a very big chance here in this race today, right? Well, if the turf plays as it has been, he's going to be able to be sitting pretty close from very, very good position. He's proven on giving ground, and I think the ground there is a little bit more giving than the good it's being called. I think it's somewhere between good and yielding. Uh, I like his ability to sit close and make a move and to sustain it. He's a really, really nice call. Yep, and now let's get to the juvenile. Now, we got a scratch. Suge McGay's horse scratch at a temperature code of honor uh, from last night. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, juvenile uh, race for the uh, two-year-old Colts who will be there and be around next year? Uh, who you like in that race? Well, I think Bob Baffert's horse for nine game winners, potential star for next year. I think he's the likeliest winner of this race. He's bred both sides for distance. He's quick enough to win sprinting at Del Mar. He has uh, responded to an aggressive campaign, both racing-wise and workout-wise. And now he has the most rest he's ever had in his life between starts, 34 days. Uh, I think he's well positioned. Uh, the outside paths are played okay today on the drying out Churchill track. It's labeled fast, but fast to me means dry. And that track is only dry in the imagination of the people who are calling it that. It's still plenty wet. It's drying out. It's played a little sticky and a little bit heavy. Uh, all styles seem to have a fair shot if the uh, race sets up for them. I like where game winners post it. I, in my own betting and taking a shot with the one dueling as a key along with game winner, I want them both to be there. Dueling paired up, going too short at Del Mar. Two back against Trip and Bias when he finished behind game winner. Well beaten, but showing he can play with that foe. Uh, he really shot forward, though, with a dominant win on the stretch out. Hung very wide all the way. Just kept coming. Ran like a pure router. A fourth finisher from that race came back to win. I love the monster class on the damn side. I think this is a developing, improving horse from a top barn uh, by a sire who was a very good late-season two-year-old himself. I think Dueling has a big shot to be right there. All right, let's get to tomorrow's races, uh, and we'll touch on a couple of them. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give me. We'll go over the classic when we get to it. But I'll give me a couple of uh, thoughts on. We'll pick it up with the. Uh, with the fifth race tomorrow, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, um, 
And, you know, uh, we just got a call on that race, as a matter of fact. But give me some thoughts on your first, on the, which is the fifth race on the Churchill card tomorrow, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Your thoughts on that race? Well, well two really talented, fast horses. The one City of Light, the 10 Catalina Cruiser. City of Light is really experienced and seasoned, but he's been well-rested and pointed for this race. He had no chance when hung wide all the way on an inside bias track at Saratoga last time. The 10 Catalina Cruiser is a fast, talented horse, a big, powerful horse, but one who's been very carefully handled through his career, only has a few starts, has run against small, soft fields. This is the first time he's really going to be tested pace-wise, that is Catalina Cruiser, against a foe of real quality. I think those two are going to hook up in a one-turn mile where speed really is, uh, has to put the battle to the metal all the way through. I think City of Light, with his seasoning, is going to be able to put away Catalina Cruiser. Perhaps he's the likeliest winner of the race. But I think their fight could set things up for somebody coming from off the pace. One of those horses could be Forenzi Fire, a one-turn mile specialist, a three-year-old who could be cycling back to his best. He's only one, run one race, though, that can win this. I'm looking more at the three isotherms. I'm, I'm going to put Forenzi Fire there. Uh, isotherm is bred like a miler, runs like a miler, despite his turf pedigree. His connections have repeatedly tried him on dirt. He must show ability and workouts on dirt. They feel he can handle the surface, but he finally ran a quality race on dirt last time, going too far, nine furlongs against Breeders' Cup Classic entrance and favorites, Accelerate and West Coast. He was on a dull rail, battled into a fast pace against them, really fought hard. Maybe those two didn't have their A-plus game pointing for the Classic, but he still ran so well against them that I think he fits here. This is really a, a Breeders' Cup B race, uh, frankly, in terms of quality. It always is. I think Isotherm fits, and I think he'll get a trip. All righty, the sixth race, the uh, Philly and Mare turf going a mile and three-eighths. Your thoughts on that race? I think the three-wild illusion is the most likely winner. She's the best combination of Euro form uh, at a a mile and a quarter. She has a stretch to a mile and three-eighths. That could test her a little bit, but she's good on ground with giving it. I think she's the the best combination of all the things you need to win this uh, from a good draw. Uh, she's the second choice on the morning line. I think she's going to wind up being the favorite. The horse who I'm going to key with her, take a shot with on top as well, is the five, Princess Yeza. She loves giving the ground. She's improved in the second half of the year. I love three-year-old fillies who really step it up in the fall. They can continue to get better. Just remember all along about 40 years ago on fall turf courses in this country. Princess Yeza is first-time Lasix. Uh, she's going to get good early position, pressing the two Theus, who is the basic Chad Brown rabbit in this race. But when Theus disappears, Princess Yeza might inherit the lead. I think she's going to be disrespected, as well as the rabbit will be disrespected by the other deeper closers. Uh, Princess Yeza showed her quality when she was only beaten a half length by forever together, going longer in May. And that one came out of the race to dominate against the three wild illusion and the 10 magic wand, two of the key favorites in this race. Uh, did it on off-ground in the Major League Grade 1 Epson Oaks. Princess Yeza now gets a shot against those two on giving ground and going shorter, which I think is really going to fit the fall into Princess Yeza's wheelhouse. I like the 14 and zero to get involved in here, too. I hate the post. It's going to hurt. But this horse has been rested and pointed for this race by a master in Dermot Weld. Very good on off-ground, very consistent, has been tactical in his career going shorter, just needs a trip. 
that has the right Euro jockey to get a trip, a Lefranco de Torre, an American-style, aggressive European rider who uh, will try to put this horse in play and not be hurt too much by the post. And, uh, you know, one thing as I go on to the, uh, we're talking with Brad, of course, uh, Churchill Downs is the Breeders' Cup uh, tomorrow and today, uh, the uh, juvenile races today. Uh, in the juvenile races, as you would expect, Pletcher, who won the first race, uh, uh, the uh, first race on the card uh, for the Breeders' Cup races, is well represented. Tomorrow, amazingly, uh, Brad, for whatever reason, just to show you a strange year, nine Breeders' Cup races, and Todd Pletcher has horses in only two races out of nine, which is really almost amazing. I can't remember another time when he's been so sparsely represented in these races. His, his last two years haven't really been his most fertile years in terms of depth with his young horses, and some of them have fallen by the wayside. Things are cyclical. Uh, don't worry, he'll be back. He has the owners. All right, uh, the, the Breeders' Cup sprint, six furlongs. Tomorrow, race seven. Always a very popular race. Always a, re- a very tough race to call. What's your thoughts? I like where the one Whitmore is going to be sitting in this race, and I like him at Churchill Downs, and I really like him at six furlongs. Six furlongs is his game. He's third race off a layoff. Uh, it was just pointed out to me uh, uh, a few weeks ago uh, how well he ran as a three-year-old against a really top-quality competition going long, and I had basically forgotten that because Whitmore has just evolved into a different type of horse. Uh, he's a real pro, and I also like horses like these who just keep on getting better and keep on honing what their particular skills are. He's repeatedly run well this year versus all of his key rivals here, basically. Often has been hurt by trip and race dynamics. He did have a good trip on a very live rail when he won at Saratoga, two back going seven furlongs. I think he could get that same really good trip here, and that was about the only good trip he's gotten recently. I think he could get that same trip here, though, at an even better distance for him, which is six furlongs sitting right behind the two Promises Fulfilled and the three Imperial Hint, who figured to be the pace setters. Promises Fulfilled, a super fast, tough, and game horse, has only lost one time going one turn, and that was when he set insane fractions going seven furlongs. He got six furlongs here. That's going to help him. The three Imperial Hint, second in this race last year, a tiny barrel of dynamite, really, really fast, uh, Showed he could handle pressure last year uh, on a high level. He hasn't always faced the best competition. But both Promises Fulfilled and Imperial Hint are classic grade one sprinters in that they win their races, not with a first quarter, but with a powerful second quarter on the turn. That's where they just annihilate their rivals. But they both do the same thing. I think they're going to hurt each other. I think Whitmore is going to be the one sitting behind them. I really like Whitmore with Promises Fulfilled. I think Promises Fulfilled can put away Imperial Hint. The nine Roy H, uh, deeper underneath, won this race last year. I don't think he's quite the same this year. All righty. And then we get to the Breeders' Cup uh, mile, uh, a mile on the turf. Uh, so what do you like there? I like the eight I can fly a three-year-old filly in the fall, gotten good, may continue to get better, has big-time late acceleration. Uh, she's handled off-ground at times, and I like what I've seen of this turf course at Churchill Downs for her in particular. It's going to be used up a little bit tomorrow. Speed's not going to be holding like it has today. Uh, so closers are going to have a good chance, but it's going to have some spring to it, even though it's off. 
and I think that's ideal for her with her acceleration. She really showed it last time out in an Ascot grade one when she was second, only beating the neck to Roaring Lion, who's the second-best horse in Europe, just a powerful male who's actually taking a shot in the Breeders' Cup Classic against the best third horses in the world. But that race pointed out I can fly as a horse who can contend here. Top Euro jockey Ryan Moore was on the three-back. He's on the 13, Gustav Klimt, in this race. Uh, but I think uh, the off-ground in the one-mile could hurt that one. I can fly gets the O'Brien second-string jockey in Jamie Spencer. But I still think Spencer is a step-up from the last two riders who have been on board this filly. She must run two races alike, something she hasn't always done in her life, but she's, if she's ever going to do it, it's going to be at this time of year, and I think the price will be right. I'm using her with the seven expert eye, who's a rested Euro, who's pointed for this race at the end of the year. He's very tactical and versatile. There's not a ton of pace in this race. He won two back, going left-handed with Dettori, an aggressive rider who's going to put him in the game where he needs to be, given the expected pace profile here. I think he could get a really good trip, and I think the ground isn't going to be as off as I might have thought a day or so ago. And I think uh, a little bit of give, but not too much, is going to help Expert Eye. The three happily, another O'Brien is a horse I like to be involved. Gets more rest here, throw it off a layoff, ran her best race yet. The Lauren's one of the best fillies in Europe uh, last time out. She moves up with give. Uh, I think she's going to be in the mix from an inside draw, and I think being in the mix a little bit might be a good style in this race. All righty. Then we get to the uh, the mile and the eighth uh, Breeders' Cup distaff. Uh, is it Abel Tasman or no? Abel Tasman, I think, will be able to handle the three-year-old 11 Monomoy girl. I think Abel Tasman will be ridden very aggressively. Sometimes she doesn't get out of the gate, but even if she doesn't, she gets right into the game. She wants to go. And I think she's going to test Monomoy Girl in a manner that Monomoy Girl has not been tested and challenged by three-year-olds. And I think that's going to be the difference. But I think Monomoy Girl is good enough to take something out of Abel Tasman. And even though Abel Tasman uh, is reportedly doing great after maybe being a little bit under the weather in her last start, she still could be a little bit vulnerable after a tough campaign and after coming out of that illness. I like the nine Wildcat to sit behind them, get first run on them, and to have a chance to upset. She's been slow to acclimate to United States racing. She was a top South American mare. She was no match for Abel Tasman at Saratoga when they met. Yes, that is true. But I think she's moved forward since then. She was helped by the pace in the Bell Dame, but I think she's going to be helped by the pace here. She's a pure nine furlong horse in expert hands, and I think she's going to get the trip, and I think she's going to be representative quality value against the two favorites. I think the three look force has a chance to get involved underneath. Uh, she's run against biases, against tough competition in California, uh, had no chance against bias and pace last time out behind the eighth Valdori, one of the contenders here, actually a pretender is Valdori, but the force had no chance given race dynamics against her last time. She does have trouble winning races. That's why I can't really use her on top, but I definitely think she can get involved. I'm not a huge fan underneath of the seven midnight pursuit. The other three-year-old in here, she hasn't been able to finish in front of Monomoy Girl yet after three tries. I thought the uh, DQ at Parks last time was bogus. Uh, one of the incidences, uh, incidents came when Monomoy Girl was clearly clear. The other one was very, very negligible. I think Midnight Pursue is not a mile and eighth horse. I use her deep, deep underneath, only defensively, but not all over the place. In the 10th, the uh, mile and a half uh, Breeders' Cup turf, 
uh, there's a Philly who is uh, considered to be maybe the most likely winner along with the Chad Brown horse that just ran and won. Uh, people love this horse. Uh, you know, they expect her to have the kind of career maybe that Goldakova had. Uh, but this, uh, so you have a very heavy favorite in the mile and a half of Breeders' Cup turf. The two in AWOL won the yep. arc twice. That's superstar stuff. Uh, six for six at a mile and a half this distance against tip top competition. Uh, she is the likeliest winner by far. Her price will truly reflect that. Right. Uh, there is pace in this race. She likes to be involved. You know, it could be a, a situation where she could be suckered into moving early with an aggressive jockey. I think the biggest knock on her, if you're gonna if you're gonna knock her, and it's hard to do, uh, admittedly, uh, is that she was behind in her training this year. She had to rush to make the arc. She only had one race of foundation. She had to work hard to win the arc. Uh, now she's coming back third off a layoff by American handicapping standards, could be a regression candidate. Uh, I'm not a big fan of taking short prices, so I'm not going to bet it to win, though. I'm going to be using it all over the place. Uh, the 12, Walt Geist, is an improving Euro for master trainer Andre Farb. Uh, I don't like the post for him, though, and I don't like the fact that his best races have been on his home ground in France. He hasn't traveled well. Most of his traveling came early in his career, but his best races have come uh, on home ground. I actually am gravitating towards the horse that won this race last year against the weaker field. The other far horse, the one talismatic, I think this horse is just suited by the rhythm and pace of American racing. Uh, it's different, faster pace, tighter turns, uh, more early action than goes on in Europe. I think it suits this horse. He's by Medagliadoro. A, an American dirt horse. Uh, he got the wrong trip in the arc. Talismanic uh, doesn't bring his A game sometimes, but he repeatedly rebounds from poor races with A-plus races. And I think he's going to sit the trip here from the pocket, inside position, which he had last year when he won this contest. Uh, I like the way he's handled the ship. He's a veteran traveler. He's gotten better with every day he spent at Churchill Downs. He's going to run a good race. All right, the classic is next. That's the big one, $6 million. That'll be tomorrow afternoon, uh, the race that wraps everything up. Um, this is a good group, not a great group, but a good group, uh, as as is usually the case. Let me ask you about a couple, and then you can give me your thoughts. First, I want to ask you about Catholic Boy who won the Travers. An improving horse, a super game horse. Uh, his uh, victories when he came again twice after being passed by Analyze It on turf are, are, are epic, epic stuff. You seldom see horses do that. Uh, he went back to third in the Travers, uh, stole that race with an aggressive uh, move chasing Mendelssohn uh, on a track that favored their style, but take nothing away from his effort. He won strongly. But I really like him from outside position on the dirt. That's when his best races come. I think he has some idiosyncrasies, and I think outside position really helps him. I don't see him getting that position in this race, and I see too much pace. Uh, Mendelssohn was one speed horse who was distance limited if we had to run down in the Trappers. There's going to be better speed, uh, more stamina-oriented speed for him to contend with. I think it'll be too much. All right. Gunavera, who uh, ran second in the wood. I love this horse to be underneath. Uh, every single try and super ticket I have will have Gunavera uh, strongly. Uh, he's a horse uh, in expert hands, a guy, Antonio Sano, a South Florida-based conditioner. Only wins with 9% of the races, but he has a lot of horses uh, that he doesn't spend a lot of money on that he has to develop uh, in 
old-school type of ways, uh, not one of those guys that uh, has a horse ready to win first time out off a series of 83 workouts over the course of six months. Uh, he races horses into shape. They get better and better under his handling. He understands this horse really well, points him to races, and Gunnavera fires. He's uh, showed his mettle at a mile and a quarter with his second in the Travers last year at the West Coast. The horse, who I think, is uh, the likeliest winner of the Classic this year. Uh, I like his uh, performances at other times in top contests. He's going to be finishing well behind a good pace setup and a distance he's good at. West Coast finished third last year in the Classic, the Gunrunner. Gunrunner went on to finish his brilliant career, winning $15 million. How about West Coast? I think he's the likeliest winner of this race, Mike. He's a good horse, not a great horse, and that's the key. You, you hit the nail on the head when you describe this race at the beginning. It's a good group, not a, a great group. There's not a gun runner. There's not an arrogator at the top of his game. There's not a triple crown winner in American Pharaoh in here. There's good horses, but they're relatively evenly matched. There's no superstar who can dominate. I think West Coast is the horse who's coming into this race really, really well, at least one of the horses who is. Last year as a three-year-old, he improved a lot in a short period of time under a typically aggressive Baffert schedule. He got better and better for most of the year, but by the time the Breeders' Cup Classic had come around, he had been asked to do a lot. And even out of that race, he came back with a second to Gunrunner in the Pegasus, and then he went to Dubai and was second to Thunderstone, one of his rivals here, when Thunderstone benefited from a big speed bias uh, in, at, at the Dubai racetrack. Uh, so he worked really, really hard. He got a much-deserved break. He was pointed for this race by Baffert. The idea was to rest him in the spring and summer. Came back at Santa Anita, was very, very hard used off the bench, was on a dull rail at times, was involved in quick fractions, was unable to stay behind Accelerate. However, he's going to move way, way up off of that race. Not being fresh, he's not going to be on the lead. He's going to be able to sit off the plethora of speed in here. I think he's a really, really live horse in here, as I said, the likeliest winner to me. And uh, Yoshida. That's the horse I'm playing because the price will be right, but my tickets will have Yoshida, West Coast, Gunavera all over the place. If those three are in the try or in the super, I'm going to be very, very happy. Yoshida uh, is a horse who is super, super high class on turf, has outstanding acceleration on that surface and the ability to sustain it. But he has some dirt in his pedigree, too. His mother was a very good sprinter. His sire is a son of Sunday Silence, who, of course, won the Derby at Churchill Downs. Yoshida, in his dirt debut in the grade one, Woodward at Saratoga, showed that same explosive turn of foot on his new surface, and that is rare. It's rare when horses are as good on one surface as they are on another. I think he's even better on dirt, though, actually. And it's also rare for horses to have that acceleration on dirt, period. Yoshida does. The Woodward may not have looked at to be the strongest race on paper, literally. But four horses have come out of it to win. Two have come out of it to run second. Many of them were horses who finished way back in that race. I think further verifying how well Yoshida ran, uh, he comes off a two-month layoff from Mott, who outperforms his normal numbers significantly when coming off a layoff. Mott's about a 13% trainer overall. He's not a trainer who cares about win percentage, but he's a 20% trainer second off the bench. That's one of his whole cards. I like Yoshida's works. I like him with plenty of pace. I like him with his upside and only his second, third start. I like him at a mile and a quarter with his combination of stamina and speed and his pedigree. And I think he's going to love Churchill Downs. He's going to love mile and a quarter around two turns. Uh, I, I think this horse is really ready to explode.
All right, and the last one, that's your winner, and the other one would be Accelerate. What's your thoughts about Accelerate? I think he's a very vulnerable favorite. He's had good setups and trips against average fields in his best figure races. Now he has to leave California for only the second time in his life. Now, he ran a good race at Oakland when he lost uh, the first time he shipped, but he didn't win, and I don't think he's in the same form now as he was then. Uh, in the awesome again last time now, he acted up before the start. He broke uncertainly for the second straight time. When veteran horses don't like the gate, may not be so aggressive leaving it, may not be so sure-footed leaving it, it can be a sign of something. Now, he ran well in the race, not his A game, but ran okay. He was wide. That was okay on that day because the inside was bad. Uh, he got plenty of pace help. Uh, West Coast wasn't really fully cranked. Isotherm isn't a, a, a mile and eight horse and uh, was unproven on dirt at the time. Uh, so he ran okay, but he ran a very soft speed figure, too. Very soft figure, even accounting for the wideness. And I think all those factors together say this horse is no longer at his best, whereas I think horses like West Coast and Yoshida and even Gunnavera are coming into this race ready to fire their A-plus game. Um, do you think the Churchill will uh, Churchill will play honest as far as the turf and the dirt over the two days? I think you're going to see more off-the-pace horses uh, tomorrow as the surface firms up and as the inside paths get, uh, get used more and more. Uh, as far as the uh, Churchill main track is concerned, it usually plays very honestly, but you, you just never can get inside the mines of the people who are maintaining the surface. They want everything to be perfect and right for the big horses on the big day. I think very few of them, contrary to how some people believe, I think very few of these people are deliberately trying to soup up the track to create fast times, but I do think they're working it more than they normally would for a normal day, and that can create conditions that favor the inside and favor speed. So you just have to monitor what goes on. An alert horse player is the best horse player. Pay attention to the early races. All right. Uh, your, uh, your best long shot tomorrow is whom? Which horse you like the best as far as you? You're always going to pick long shots, but which one do you, do you like the best of your long shots tomorrow? I'll give two. Philly and Mare Sprint, the nine, Stormy Embrace. Philly and Mare Turf, the five, Princess Yeza. Okay. And uh, today of the races left, and we're up to the uh, – let's go – uh, the seventh is coming up, so let's say uh, seven, seven minutes to post, eight, nine today, the three races. Is there one horse you like over the others uh, today in the races left? In the juvenile filly, the one reflect uh, with the two Serengeti ex- Empress. I like them in the exacta. In the juvenile, I think the one dueling has a live shot, but I'm playing in a big-time exact with game winner, the likeliest winner over him. Thanks, Brad, very much as always. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck, guys. Thank you. Brad Thomas, back after this.